Hi there, my name is Chris. I'm the host of the Cult Film Companion Podcast. We are the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. I'm a firm believer that a cult movie can come from any time period, any director, any movie studio, and covers a wide variety of genres, often within one single movie. It's all about the legacy that these movies have built up over time. Tune into the Cult Film Companion, and remember to keep it cult. But don't drink the Kool-Aid, because it'll make you sick. Or kill you. Take care. This is my third try at getting started because I've had three false, two false starts. This is the third one. I got a very sort of low energy. If if you people have said like they, this is how it's going to go the whole time, until I get like a flow, not like a, a rap flow. That'd be nice. Okay, so I went to judo yesterday. I was sick last year. It basically kept me out for a year. Um, I kind of recouped. I did almost the whole practice, and I am wrecked. On top of that, it's 32. On top of that, it's 32 degrees Celsius outside. And yesterday, so we'll actually sort of transition smoothly into the news. In Gunma... Prefecture, it was 40 degrees Celsius for the first time in June ever in Japan. Uh, Previously, uh, 2011, on June 24th, it was 38.9. That was the hottest recorded day in June. Uh, We've beat that. There were 1,337 cases of heat stroke. People went to the hospital for heat stroke. And this is happening just at the exact same time the government is asking people to conserve energy. So please don't use lights. Turn off the lights. Don't use the air conditioner. I absolutely have the air conditioner on. I would not survive today without it. The government is asking people to conserve energy, which is great. Uh, They've also come up with a scheme to provide points for people who do conserve energy. They're going to start with points that are worth about 2,000 yen. Now, here's an interesting side point to that is... That doesn't really mean that... Like, I'll take the 2,000 yen. I'm not going to complain about that. But we used less electricity last month than we had the month pre, uh, the, the same month in the year previous. That makes sense. I kind of stumbled over that one. We used less energy this year last month than we had the previous year last month. I guess I should have said that with the month. Maybe it would have been easier. We used less energy in May this year than we did last year in May. Uh, but our cost of electricity went up so we used less electricity but the electricity was more expensive so we end up spending more money so i will take absolutely the discount if they offer it to me Uh, but at the end of the day if the price keeps going up it actually is not going to mean that much i guess which is a bit weird and sad and if you don't like this energy that I got now, that's I'm sorry. It's going to be it for the whole thing. I might try to fake it for a bit, but I don't know if that's going to work. Declining vision in children. <laughs> it's such a hodgepodge of stories that I found interesting this week. I don't think I have any dirty stories. It's too hot. All the perverts stayed home in air conditioning. They're spending all their money on air conditioning instead of uh, harassing women on the train. Declining vision in kids. I This is clearly, I wear glasses. Uh, I wear them all day, every day. They're saying that due to an increased use of digital devices, so screens, students' eyeballs are getting longer. 
which is what causes myopia. So I thought that just, just that phrase, students' eyes are getting longer. And I was wondering, like, I don't understand the function of that, the science behind longer eyes because of staring at screens. This sounds like a wives' tale, like something your mom would say is like, if you watch too much TV, your eyes will start to poke out of your head. They checked 7,400 students. Uh, the older the students got, the longer their eyes were. But if they went to like old people like me and check their eyes, their eyes were just like, there was a standard deviation. They did get longer, but not so excessively as the kids are. And the government is looking at ways to prevent weakening eyesight. I don't know what to do with that information. I'm sure when I wrote it down, I had an idea. Like, maybe we should make the, the eyes super long. This is going to be the worst podcast ever. I'm struggling to lift up my arms. <laughs> That's how hard I had to do stuff last night. My arms don't go up anymore. I'm having these massive pauses as I think. It'll be interesting to see how long this lasts. This is obviously a relatively new phenomenon for me. Uh getting wrecked because I used to do judo and then record the podcast the next day with no problem at all I mean I might be tired but I wasn't like this I was tempted to just take today off I really was but I have so many things I want to do and I have so little time to do it does anyone care? no Japan the Japan Supreme Court says that Twitter must delete 14 tweets concerning a man's arrest record uh, because it's a violation of privacy. Uh, a lower court had dismissed this. This was, this was something, this guy pushed this all the way up to the Supreme Court, which is actually, that to me is the embarrassing part. So someone was tweeting about this guy's uh, criminal record. So he was arrested eight years ago for sexual harassment. Let me see. Oh, okay. He was arrested eight years ago and fined for going into a woman's changing room at a bathhouse. Pretty standard Ninja News Japan story. I actually probably, I wasn't doing the podcast in 2012, so I probably didn't do that story. But in my head, maybe, like, it sort of fits in. And he said eight years ago, he was arrested, he's paid the fine. So he's actually served the punishment for the crime. Now this brings up a topic that I actually find very interesting because people say like punishments for crimes it's sort of the rehabilitation idea. Like people go to jail to rehabilitate those people. But once they get out of prison there's a stigma attached to having been in prison, but if they've been rehabilitated they should be treated completely normally and equally as if nothing had ever happened because they've paid the price for the crime they've committed. Unless you don't believe it's actually rehabilitation, it's just punishment. But then you could argue that just punishing people doesn't sort of change them or improve them. Some people can't be changed or improved, but others could be. But the philosophy we espouse towards prison tends to not be the actual philosophy people follow. So basically, yeah, someone goes to jail for murder, and then they've served their time and they get out, they should be treated as if they never murdered anyone, if you're being really honest about it, if, if you really believe that jail or these punishments rehabilitate people. But I think we all know they don't, actually. So this guy, he went into a lady's changing room. He got arrested. He paid a fine. Uh, now he's finding it difficult to get a job because anytime someone searches his name, these tweets come up 
where he's mentioned specifically as the guy who went into a bathhouse and got arrested. The lawyer, on his behalf, says relief to those troubled by their digital tattoos, which is an, a very interesting phrase because uh, tattoos do have a stigma in Japan connected to crime and criminals. And it goes back to criminals in Japan used to get tattooed. So like if I uh, committed theft, they would tattoo theft, sometimes on my forehead. If I'd killed someone, they would tattoo like murderer somewhere on my body. But it was always pretty prevalent. That's where the stigma towards tattoos came from in Japan, which is sort of interesting in itself. But he's saying that these tweets, because they never go away, they're digital tattoos. Which I thought that was a neat phrase. It was a neat way of doing it. He's a pretty, pretty good lawyer, I actually think. And the Supreme Court's like, yeah, it is unfair that he is still punished now for a crime that he's committed and paid the price for. Now, there were some other things. He's had trouble getting a job. We just said that. But then he also started dating a woman, but then when she looked him up online, of course, those things came up and she dropped him immediately. So he's actually saying he cannot have personal relationships because there's a stigma now attached to him with these tweets. Here we are. Halfway through the stories I've done, I think I'm just starting to get going. I'm just starting to sort of wake up and liven up a bit. Uh, it's going to be too late. I'll finish the podcast. Maybe uh, C. McBee will be a better podcast afterwards. Okay, so you work at a coronavirus clinic and you're told to get a sample from a child. And you go, the kid's sick, so of course they're not particularly cooperative. And you're going to do an antigen test. So you need lots of saliva. Well, not lots. I did it. I apparently gave them too much, but not like overflowing, but I'd done like half the vial. You only have to do a quarter or something like that. But you have this sample from the kid and you're like, I need more and I don't want to go back and do it again. I'm tired. What do you do? You go to a subordinate and get them to spit in it as well. Uh, The subordinate understandably felt kind of weird about this. They're like, "I, I don't feel like, maybe they're, Okay, we've, we want to be let's say, altruistic. They're working at a coronavirus clinic because they're trying to fight coronavirus and you know save people's lives. And so they're going to be have a certain amount of integrity and say, like, we shouldn't be lying about coronavirus in any way. So me spitting in there is actually not. There's also the, the possibility, I'm wondering. Because if I spit in it and I have no antigens, and then the kids spin it and they had a little bit, would that be enough to like ruin the test? So we say the kid doesn't when they actually are sick. I don't know. Again, that's sort of a science that's a little bit beyond me. This person obviously thought it wouldn't make a difference. I am always interested in the punishments. That's actually one of the more interesting things. So this person, the subordinate came forward and said, look, my boss or my superior in the company has told me to spit in this vial and it's not got my name on it. So I'm really uncomfortable with it. I'm really unhappy about all this. Uh, I'm turning them in. The punishment was a six-month paid decrease of 10%. Which I don't know how much they get paid, but... Yeah, I don't know. How how much should you give? Because that's lying. And see, to me, it's the life-threatening aspect of coronavirus getting out of control again is actually the scary part. So I would take that very seriously. But maybe other people are like, ah, coronavirus, it's, the numbers are down. We're all right. 10%, six months. That's punishment enough. Uh, we'll see. But I now I don't trust these clinics as much as I did 20 minutes ago. This is a big story. 
So there was a USB stick. So this uh, city, I shouldn't start with there was a USB stick. Like there's always, there's lots of USB sticks. Amagasaki. Uh, and the city hall had hired this other company to kind of do some uh, info database work. This guy downloads the whole thing onto a USB drive. And he, it's 400, the information on 460,000 people. And then he says, ah, oh, that's a tough day of work. I'm going to go out, have dinner, maybe a couple cocktails. So he goes to a bar and eats dinner and gets drunk. And then he loses the USB stick with all the 460,000 people's personal information on it. Now, luckily... Uh, it was password protected, and it seems to have not been accessed in any real way. So there's no evidence it was accessed. Uh, everyone, they found it later. Oh, fuck, see, I just lost it at the end. I actually thought I was doing pretty well. They they found the USB stick, and that's how they know it doesn't seem to have been accessed, because it seems like it's all intact. But again, the idea, my company does not allow us to use USB sticks. So this is for security purposes. Now, my company, if I'm going to be really honest, does not have any information. It has personal information of people. So yes, that stuff should be protected. But the stuff I deal with, because that's the stuff I know. There is no black market for the stuff I deal with. So the fact that I cannot use a USB stick to just transfer stuff from one computer to another is an annoyance. But I do... I get. I don't know. I haven't checked. Maybe my computer is connected to that information, that personal information. Maybe it's not. I don't think it is. I've never seen personal information. I've seen forms. Uh, the forms have some digital information, but it would be more effort to collect it. But here's the thing. So I want to move information from the computer at my desk to a computer on a different floor so that I can use it at that computer. And it's on a different network. I then either email it to that computer... Or I move it to cloud storage like Google and then I go down to the other computer and I pull it off that. Which is demonstrating the low level of security that my company uses because they haven't figured out that there's more than one way. Like a USB stick, it probably would be almost more secure than me throwing it around the internet. Uh, again, I'm not using anything that's, that's particularly sensitive, so that's not a big deal. But I'm betting these governments are similar, that they have these already fairly antiquated ideas of internet security because they don't understand the internet. I actually was reading a thing the other day. It was like times that politicians and stuff didn't understand technology. And uh, we did several stories about the cybersecurity minister. So the minister in charge of cybersecurity who didn't know how to even use a smartphone. And he's like, why do I need to know how to use a smartphone? I tell my staff what to do and they do it. So basically, he came out and admitted he doesn't know how to use the most basic functional computer that almost everyone uses every day. Uh, and that was the dude in charge. And that's, again, kind of fits into my whole theme of the older people in Japan who are running things. They either have to catch up or step aside. Calbi is sort of a chip company, but not sort of. It's a chip company. God, my brain is just absolute garbage. Calbi is a chip company in Japan. And because of all the issues that are going on in modern society, they need to raise their prices by 5 to 
and it will happen from September. So my first thought was stock up now. <laughs> so if you grab a bunch of chips and then those chips go up by 20%, you could sell them for 15 and make a significant profit if you bought enough chips. The thing that bothered me about this. So like prices going up, that's across the board. I can't be any I can't be angry at any one company for their prices going up if I'm being really honest. But the shares, the value of the company, shares in Calbee went up 5.1% after the announcement because they know people are still going to buy chips. They know people are still going to spend that money. So the valuation of the company by investors went up because they are raising their prices. Which I don't know, it hurts. We had a similar thing with uh Cell phone companies got more restrictive and more awful, and then their their share prices went up. It's like when your company does shitty, shitty things, that's when the value of the company to investors goes up because it's like it shows you're willing to be the worst you can be. And this is a chip company. I mean, chip companies are supposed to be nice. I don't know why I have that concept, but you know, be nice. A man was arrested. They didn't actually specifically say what for, but he was about 40 years old and he was arrested and he claimed uh, his phrase. Okay, the actual phrase. I'm Corona, by the way, they told me that at the hospital yesterday. So I'm Corona. This is a direct translation. This is something that I actually maybe have to look into more carefully is the translations that have interpretation versus the translations that have, you know, a direct translation from Japanese to English. Because you can say, Watashi, which is me, Corona. And it translates directly to I am Corona, but the meaning is I have Corona. Uh, my son, when he was young, uh, it was, uh, it's not Demon Slayer. There was Pokemon and then a competitor. And the competitor was for younger kids and he was really into that. Anyways, let's just use Pokemon as an example because I actually forget the name. Uh, he He said... So I was talking to him one day, like, do you like this one better? And he goes, Watashi Pokemon. So literally he said, I am Pokemon. But what he meant was, I am on the Pokemon team. I am like from Pokemon. I am with Pokemon, that kind of stuff. So Watashi, if you learn Japanese, just means I. And that is what this means, I. But then whatever you connect it to, that connection has implications. You actually have to sort of suss it out. I don't know why I wanted to talk about this, but it's because the direct translation of I'm Corona, like I am the coronavirus, seemed a little odd. And I wanted to make sure people understood that that's a direct translation from Japanese to English with no interpretation, where he should have said, I have Corona. If I was going to write this, if I was going to translate this for an English audience, I would have written, I have Corona. By the way, they told me that at the hospital yesterday. Now, he said this to police. Now, I was wondering what his thought process was. Did he think like they're going to go, he has coronavirus, let's just let him go because we don't want to get sick. Uh, because my understanding of Japanese police, now we do a lot of stories about police being bad police and getting arrested and doing bad things. The majority of police I know, actually was uh, fighting with a detective last night, which is part of the reason I'm in the shape I'm in now today. He has a great deal of integrity and he would not let you go just because you say, I'm Corona. So the cops he was dealing with in this instance were relatively good cops and they said, well, now that you've said that, I'm going to go check. So he went to the hospital and he said, I have this guy I've arrested. Uh, he says, you told him he has Corona yesterday. Can you check your records? They checked the records and they're like, nope, we never told that guy he has Corona. So he was then, now 
got a second charge of obstruction of justice. So whatever he was being arrested for before isn't actually the first charge anymore. He's now being charged primarily with obstruction of justice by lying to the police. When the police asked him, why did you lie? He replied, I don't feel like saying. Which to me was just the answer. It's a perfect answer to that question. Because uh, don't don't give the... Again, I'm very on the side of make police do their job, but these police clearly are already doing their jobs, so this guy's screwed. And I hope he's screwed because going around threatening people with corona, which is what he's doing, is not cool. But then, of course, nothing's cool because it's so hot and I'm so tired. I'm going to finish my podcast now. <laughs>